Welcome everybody back to Velo Sound. Here we have uh, not just a really cool artist that I like a lot, but also somebody who's been on the show before. So I'm I'm very very pleased to have ALN from Miesmore back on the show again. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So you know, the first question here is always, what is the band merch that you're wearing today? Oh, shit. Um, it's actually not band merch. I'm wearing a Tolkien shirt. Oh, um, is it just can you pull it up a little? Is that his face? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a shirt that was printed by uh, Dylan Walker from Full of Hell. He Ooh, does some really For everybody, really also cool somebody people. that we had on the show a few weeks ago. Um, nice. Yeah, but it's yeah. cool to see the face because it's um, not the old Tolkien that we might have seen from other from other pictures but it's a it's a very young one it looks like uh, like he's a yeah. student at that point cool yeah yeah did you watch the the benedict cumberbatch movie about his early life when he for example no. joined the war it's a really I good one I'll, I'll send you the link afterwards it's it's a uh, it's not the best of movies but you can see where he came from and what turned him a little bit into who he was so and yeah before yeah, anybody but... asks uh my shirt of the day is uh, mastodon georgia oh yeah <laughs> um is, is that a band that you can get into actually i uh i liked me some mastodon on my journey into heavy metal for sure i uh i really liked the leviathan album yeah. in particular uh so so yeah, I uh I don't I don't really keep up with them anymore, but I think I revisited that album within the last couple of years. And I mean a lot of it's just kind of undeniably good. Yep. The riffs are just good, you know. So the drumming is phenomenal and definitely. Yeah, there there is a time and place for that in my life, and I think some of it still holds up. I mean, like, I know that you're a multi-instrumentalist um, and you've already spoken about the drums. Is there, what is more to your liking or what do you listen to more, the drumming in a band like that or the riffs or everything? I think I, um, I think eventually I listen to everything, but at first I, I always notice the drums. Uh, it's just, it's the first uh, instrument that I learned. It's the one that's kind of in my, in my blood, in my being. Uh, I feel like a very rhythmic, uh, percussive kind of person. So I, I, I usually, uh, my ears perk up and notice the drums first a lot of times. And then I start to notice everything else about the production and the composition. But remind me, it's not the way that you write your own songs, right? Because I think you remember, I think I remember you told me that they're basically, first of all, riffs or guitar yeah, parts. I, I, that's right. Yeah, I write, I write on the guitar first for songs, um, but I do record the drums first. So, yeah, there's a, a little bit of a, a trade-off there, I guess. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, I don't sit around writing beats and then think of riffs to go to them. It is the other way around. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. It's a very interesting twist. So, you know, when when I was sitting here and I was thinking of questions to ask, um, and you know, I always like a good icebreaker. So, my question for you at this very moment, also a little bit in relation to your to your record. Do you think that you're living a prosaic life? Uh, in some sense of the word, yeah. I think that that we all are. I think that um, you know, there's there's plenty of uh, excitement and interesting things to uh, be talked about about life, um, but there's sort of a a base reality, a base layer of experience that is just experience itself mm -hmm. and no matter how exciting your life is you still get up every day and put your feet on the floor and 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 work and get through the day and um the passage of time and the sort of uh daily grind 
uh, is kind of what that title alludes to. And I think no matter how uh, interesting of a person you are, you're still uh, one day at a time getting through life in the same way that everyone else is. Of course, you know, every every breath we take is the same kind of breath that everybody else takes, of course. Um, but at the same time, isn't this time right now, I mean, like we're talking in the summer of 2023, isn't that an exciting moment for you? I mean, like you've you've been on magazine covers of big magazines. You have had cover stories. You have had long, long texts and many, many, many magazines that are very well known. Um, isn't it also some kind of exciting at this very moment to be ALN, to be Mismore? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm really thankful for all that stuff. Really excited about it. It's kind of, I guess I'm not really um, as much touching on the sort of things on the surface like that uh, with the title or the ethos of mm -hmm. of prosaic. I think it goes a little bit uh, further below the skin. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more of a, uh, I think, a, a meditative sort of, of approach to understanding um I know I just kind of said some of this stuff, but but the passage of time and and your perception of yourself within experience within time and the purpose that you ascribe to your life and the purpose and futility of of work and um, just kind of dropping back and and living in the moment and recognizing the raw experiential data of consciousness that is before concepts and things like being on magazine covers and whatnot. But All you, very exciting stuff. But but as I said, you you do recognize that in our little realm of music at the moment, Mismore is the hot shit. Right. You, you notice that. Right. I hope you do, because you deserve it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've I've noticed an indicator or two of that. And uh, the whole prosaic uh, idea is is not a negative one to me. It's not a criticism of saying, oh, life is boring or simple and that's bad. Um, I actually think it's rather good or even just neutral i mean like it's also fortunate that at this point in your career i mean mees moore is now i think what 11 12 years old as a project 11 11 um it is cool to see that these things have not turned into something prosaic for you which is first of all your character but also second of all you know it's a development of a, of a project which is cool to see. Um, I like that a lot. So the new record, I mean, like we've dropped the name now already often enough, Prosaic, it's out there. I mean, like this is being published at the end of, of August. Um, this The record has been out for a few weeks. Um, and it's a really, really interesting record. Four tracks, somewhere around 46 minutes, if I calculated it correctly, which is not unusually long or short for your standards. But the whole record, to me, feels a little rougher, a little harsher around the edges. Is that intentional, that it's a little more straightforward? Yes, uh, absolutely. That was the idea. Um, for me... Uh, prosaic started as an approach to making a record, uh, a different approach than I had practiced before and a very different approach than uh, I had practiced recording Cairn, which was my last full length. Um, and even though there are some other releases in between, uh, I kind of, prosaic kind of leaves off or, or, or sorry, uh, resumes where Cairn and before it and whatnot kind of left off uh, as full lengths. And so it started uh, to me as this idea of wanting to make a record without obsessing over it, without 
it becoming ultra precious uh, without me having to suffer as much to make it um, without, you know, having to feel like it was very, very polished. Um, like I felt like it was a masterpiece or any of these sort of feelings that you may get when you work for a really long time and stress about all the tiniest details and then release a piece of art. Uh, I wanted to, out of sheer curiosity and also out of uh, self-love, see if I could make a record and just, just share. I just wanted to share uh, without having some big, epic, grandiose concept or presentation. I wanted this record to be more from the hip, more slice of life, more straightforward. I wanted to trim the fat. I wanted it to stay punchy and interesting and for the process to be fun and to not lose myself in the process, lose perspective, wondering, is this good enough? Did I do this enough times? Did I troubleshoot all the problems? Is it as close to perfect as possible? That's one way to make a record. And it is a that good you way have already done often, right? But I've done that already. And, uh, you know, when you make enough records, you just become curious about making records in other ways. And I hoped that I could get to the end of this prosaic process and have a record that I was proud of that I thought was very good that I wanted to release that other people would like. Mm -hmm. So it was a big experiment to see if I could suffer less and have more fun and simply share as opposed to like, you know, digging up all this trauma and eggs on all the audio sonic details and whatnot, which, you know, there's, there's a line there. Of course, I uh, did my best on this album and uh, saw to it that things sounded good. Uh, but I, I, I tried to find that line of like beating a dead horse and saying, you know what, I think that's good enough. Let's move on and just try to keep it, not get stuck, not let myself get stuck. Um, so that's, that's what the approach was. And so, yeah, it was very intentional to, to have the album be shorter, more straightforward, like you pointed out. It's also interesting because it's basically the first record that doesn't have any kind of overarching concept, especially no religious concept or religious background to which will come in a moment quick and easy question was that a liberation process for you yeah absolutely i i've spent um about a decade processing um the experience the trauma of uh losing my faith and developing a new world view in the absence of that faith. And it was a long, painful process. It took a lot of work. And I feel like through my music, first and foremost, I honestly have processed that in a very therapeutic way. And I've received closure and healing and acceptance over this issue. And I just don't really have anything else to say about it right now. Don't and get I me wrong. It's cool that you feel, don't have to. Yeah, I feel free to talk about something else. I feel like it doesn't have to be my identity. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, there will always be, I'm interested in religion. I'm interested in people's stories about losing their faiths and leaving their religions. Uh, that will always be a conversation I'll be a part of. But at the moment, I just don't feel like there's anything more that I need to process. And I, w I don't want to, you know, wallow in some pit of recursive self-pity. I would like to just um, think about, talk about something else. Which is very, very cool, because I also think that at the same time, 
I, I don't want to get too much into into your life story before because I think that is also not part of what you want to say. Um, but I think that you have spoken. You just said it. You know, it's like you you had to come to terms with what you have lost, and with a trauma that comes with it. But at the same time, when I look at you now, when I hear you talk, when I also listen to the record, I have a, a feeling as if ALN is now living very much in the present and is also not only trying to enjoy life, but also is actually enjoying life. Whereas a lot of the other records that you've mentioned, I do not want to say they're stuck in the past because that's not the case, but they were dealing with the past. So I, I like this transition. And um, would you say that at this very moment, you are, for lack of a better word, the happiest you've been in a long while? Probably, yeah. That's, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a almost daily struggle still. I mean, I, uh, I struggle with depression and anxiety and I manage those things. I am, uh, you know, I, I know what's going on there and I have, uh, mechanisms to deal with them, uh, but that doesn't take them out of my life. And I, I think I've come to a place also with those things of acceptance mm -hmm. and I, I, I'm finding more victory or more ease over not reacting as much to those things presence in my life. And so when a bout of depression shows up at the door unannounced, um, it's easier for me not to be upset about that. Mm -hmm. uh, it still happens, uh, but there's not this secondary, now I'm upset about being depressed. That mm -hmm. I still, I still, I'm still working on it, you know, but that's something that is improving a little bit for me. And so, yeah, I, I feel, I feel liberated um, from God. Uh, and I f am constantly seeking to improve my experience uh, and, and the, exp and thus the experience of those around me through more or less living in the present moment, which is, uh, a huge theme on the record. Would you go so far as to say that you also liberated yourself from yourself? You know, in a way that you you are not obsessing, as you said, you are not obsessing over anything that's past. Yeah. Um... I don't think I would go that far, though. Um, that is interesting and 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 probably desirable. And I do actively work on. Um, I don't know, kind of dropping back and noticing the self as another experience in consciousness, and not and not necessarily who I am or the whole of my identity. Um, and that is liberating, uh, very challenging to continually keep in view. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think uh, another theme of, of the new record is kind of shedding illusions. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, that um, the self in a lot of senses of the word is an illusion and yeah. that we can eliminate needless suffering from our lives by not constantly identifying with our thoughts and feelings and paying closer attention to what experience itself feels like in the present moment mm -hmm. free of of the 
concept of self that almost instantaneously gets brought into it. Now we're, we're revolving around this liberation thing a lot, but do you think as you as if you also have, in a way, freed yourself of the oppression of expectation? You know, because let's let's be clear: whenever a Mismore album is announced, up to this very point, many many people have expected you to have a look at your former past, at religion, at belief from a certain point of view. And now you don't do that. So, you know, is it also like freeing yourself from the pressure of all these expectations? Yeah, probably a little bit. I, I don't know that I'm totally free from that, but uh, definitely uh, making the record that I want to make. Uh, Which is an awesome first record. and foremost. Thank you. I still really hope that people will go there with me, mm -hmm. and uh, that it that people will like it. Um, and when I say that, I mean that, like, I mean, obviously, I want people to like my music. Uh, but I've gotten to the place with Mismore where I no longer feel like I'm only making the music for me. Uh, it, it starts that way. It, it is first and foremost that, you know, like a, like a, a journal for me. Um, but I think that how much cooler is music and art when it is important to other people, when it affects other people positively. Uh, and so prosaic is, is also for other people. I mean, it's a record about daily life and it's very uh i think everyone can relate to that in a sense and my hope is that what i'm doing is is bigger than me um so the, i'm sure there's some sort of expectation baked into that somewhere um or pressure but uh i just hope that i can make you know something honest that uh, touches other people for the better. I'm pretty sure it does. Because um, this is the first time that you, as you said, are also in a way talking to other people, not about yourself, and try to share a few things that are common amongst all of us beings. Um, and at the same time, you've already hinted at it. I mean, like, prosaic is a very programmatic title. And it's very interesting because I have a feeling, and I hope you can correct me on that. It's a very, not a, it's not a very normal word in German, but it's it's used pretty often, prosaic in German, prosaic. And in German, it has been the connotation of, okay, it's something of a less important nature. It's less detailed and elaborate. And it's especially a little less of everything on a philosophical level. So it's not as highly philosophical. Uh, let's let's say it, it's um, it's a little bit more Kant, the German philosopher, than, for example, Nietzsche. Does it have the same kind of meaning in English in general, or for you, a little less elaborate, yeah. a little less programmatic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think for me, like I chose the title because I'm trying to celebrate plainness. Uh, there doesn't need to be anything special. Um, you can you can live a simple life. You can keep your head down and just work and make an honest living. And there doesn't need to be anything epic or grandiose or and you can still be a good person special. right yeah of course and your life can still your, your life can be full it can be overflowing with satisfaction mm -hmm. uh and and happiness uh with just doing simple tasks 
And I think if you, if you zoom far enough out and look at life, I mean, that that's what everyone's life is. We are just doing tasks. And of course there's meaning that we attribute, uh, to, to that. Um, but whether you're doing something that most people see as incredibly important or whether you're just doing chores, there is an inner disposition of mindfulness and appreciation and things like that, um, that make even the most seemingly mundane activity potentially incredibly profound. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at and, and, and applying it to my own work as I'm, as I'm setting out to make a record, I don't want this to be some epic masterpiece record. It's going to be just honest and plain and simple. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and that feels good right now. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, just trying to celebrate, like I said, like plainness, like, I guess the, the other connotation in English that we have is like, uh, poem or verse, uh, versus prose, uh, prosaic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, So it's kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be like a big romantic poetic thing. Mm -hmm. It can just be gritty and real Mm -hmm. work work and man fucking daily life. And, uh, that's, that's interesting to me. Would you say that in a way this record is for possibly maybe everybody, every plumber, every builder who just simply likes metal. Whereas a few of the other songs and records you put out were a little bit more on the philosophical side. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's kind of the idea. And Mm -hmm. I I think you can probably still argue that that's very philosophical, but, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of Zen in this way. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, meditate. It's about, it's about a lot of things, you know, as you pointed out, there's no overarching central concept. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just about mainly about focus and not succumbing to distraction and um, being content. Before we talk a little, yeah, you go on first. I just was, and I think that's simple and perhaps that's profound and philosophical, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't need to be. That's the interesting part. (laughs) Last question before we talk a little bit about a few of our titles on the record. I'm I'm just seeing that wonderful wits and cover on oh. <laughs> the wall right next to you. Would you say that this record is also your, in a way, your reply to the idea of being at your wits end? The answer being, be present. Yeah, I, I haven't thought about it that way. Um... I I think in that sense, it can be the answer to a lot of things. I think that the sentiment behind prosaic is there's a lot of acceptance there. And so, you know, be it, be it, you're at your wits end, uh, for example, like you brought up, I think the, the reply from prosaic in that situation and, and many situations is like, yeah, okay. So what? Yeah, let's yeah. that that doesn't have to be that doesn't have to be such a big deal. There doesn't have to be an additional judgment on top that says, well, that's really bad. And I am this feeling and situation and I'm really bad and so on and so forth. You could say, well, I'm having the worst day. I'm so depressed today. OK. So so what? accept it and move on. Now what? You know what? That's that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the the reply, I think. I like the easiness with which you say it. 
Let's talk about a few of the track titles because I unfortunately haven't had the luxury of having the lyrics to the to the album, but I think a few of the track titles are also in a way self-explaining. <laughs> the first track that you put forth on the record is called Only an Expanse. Um and here mm, is that also something that we should be aware of? You know, we are only as much of an expanse of the same thing as the person right next to us. You know, there is not any kind of level between us up to a certain point. Yeah, that's very true. Um, for me, only an expanse is primarily about the passage of time mm -hmm. and the illusion of of time i mean time is is real in in a sense of the word but i think often we are we are telling us this story ourselves this story of of time as a linear structure and ourselves within time and we perceive that we are at this point and behind us is the past and in front of us is the future. And we're worrying about the past, we're worrying about the future. Um, but if you drop back and, and pay close attention to the present moment, there actually isn't a past and a future. There's only an expanse. Uh, and I think that being in touch with this other facet of reality, this more raw uh, sense can free us from some needless suffering in our lives uh, as we kind of break that narrative and break that linear timeline and just become more in attuned to sensory data as it's coming in in the present moment and not worrying as much about what will come or what has come before us. Uh, these things are illusory in the present moment and there actually is just this expanse of consciousness. Very interesting that you connected to time um, because what strikes me a lot, a lot of people experience of the present, the past, and everything in the future is that they are perceiving present and past as some kind of chopped up expanses. And because of that, ignoring the fact that all of it is just simply one process, that mm -hmm. we haven't ended yet, that we haven't chopped off from anything yet. It's just one ongoing expanse of time. Mm -hmm. um, is that also something that you feel that a lot of people are are trying to ignore this process of life? Yeah, I think that you know the, these songs are are uh, things that I'm telling myself, advice that I'm giving myself, uh, things that I'm. Are you a on good listener? <laughs> What's that? Are you a good listener to your own advice? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it is, a, it is, a, it is, you know, uh, sort of advisory for, for folks in general, but it also for me, um, I'm not like, haven't figured all these things out or anything like that, but uh, I, yeah, I, I think you put it well, and I think that it's just, it's an attempt to break the automatic cycle of identifying with our thoughts, and a lot of times this has to do with worrying about things in the past or things in the future, uh, and, and yeah, just kind of breaking that spell for a moment uh, can be helpful. When I think about what you've just said, and when I then think about a track title like No Place to Arrive, 
it makes me wonder whether you feel or whether you share the notion that all, a lot of people, not all people, but a lot of people are trying to arrive at a certain point, at a certain destination, at a certain goal that they have. And that, you know, because very often a lot of these goals are unachievable, they are becoming dissatisfied with life, with a present, with this expanse in the middle. So is, is there some kind of linear thought between only an expanse and no place to arrive? Yeah, I think they're related. I think no place to arrive uh, is about, yeah, kind of what you said, like, I think oftentimes we tell ourselves the story of, oh, well, if I could just A, B, and C, then I would X, Y, and Z, or, you know, be happy or not suffer as much mm -hmm. or be successful or whatever. If I could just get there, if I could just do these things, then this, then that. And I mean, obviously you should have goals and make plans for your life and whatnot. Um, but I do think that this type of thinking can stifle us. Uh, we sort of make excuses as to why we live in a suboptimal way right now and um there actually isn't like the grass is always greener like there isn't that patch of greener grass that you're going to get to and then your life is going to be free from suffering there's there's always going to be a to-do list there's always going to be things on that list there's always going to be things to worry about there's x y and z it's always always going to be an open problem in life uh and you're never going to get to the spot where problems don't exist anymore and the reason why this is important to realize is because once again it can help you come back to the present moment uh and realize that actually the moment you're searching for is available to you right now uh so that that's kind of what what that song that song is about. I'm like you're already you're already here doing the thing. This this is it. Yeah. So don't fantasize about being some place or time elsewhere. Um in fact, that's just that's just a dream and uh you're you're already in the place and the time that you're looking for, mm. if you could just realize that. Would you say that this that. strife for more, that this trying to become more, trying to achieve something else, would you say that that is also in some kind of way depreciating one's present self because of putting too much emphasis on future things, that people don't value themselves enough? Yes yeah or don't value experience the experience of the present moment enough uh it i think we're just too often we are subconsciously led around by the narratives in our head and we think without even knowing that we're thinking and we're just walking around lost in thought and i think that that is like a huge veil in front of of the living life to the fullest in the present moment well it surely is not a veil of sound everybody <laughs> <laughs> i i had to take that one right um yeah no but I, I i see what you mean um and it's also the the in, in a way the illusion of thinking the illusion of okay i'm thinking ab about something well, at the same time, I'm not actually thinking, but I'm striving. You know, I have this primal feeling as if I need to be more, get more, have more. Whereas, yeah. whereas you know, you know, thinking a little bit less about property and status might lead to a more positive mental health, right? Yeah, like what if what if this present moment, what if life in general 
was enough? Mm. What if it was good enough and there wasn't some problem that you needed to solve all the time? Mm. You, you have mentioned it, but now it just strikes me. You have been talking about Zen and about mechanisms. Um, are you are you doing stuff like meditation, like yoga, like trying to to calm down for the present? Yes, I, I do meditate, and uh, sometimes that is more formal, and sometimes that is just implementing the practice in my daily life of mindfulness. But yeah, but yeah, I am trying to, I'm trying to train my brain to to be different um in in a help in a helpful way to myself and to others because if i'm constantly walking around suffering on the inside mm -hmm. uh, that isn't just bad for me that's bad for everyone that i love i'm not a, mm -hmm. a good helpful version of myself for them and so <clears throat> you know the the brain has lots of neuroplasticity you can actually change the neural pathways and how your brain works but it takes practice and and uh making new habits and techniques and whatnot and i'm still very uh novice student uh but i do try to uh implement practices in my life that encourage me to live in the present moment which i believe eliminates needless suffering for myself and those around me um and the last title that struck me because a it's musically i think a little different from the other three but also because it's the last track on the record is acceptance um do you think as if we should accept more um i mean put in such a general sense it's hard to say, but I, I, I definitely think that for myself and yeah, pro probably for for others, it's, you know, it's it's paradoxical in this sense of like you ought to practice acceptance, but you should also strive to make the world a better place, make your experience better, make experience better for others so it's a fine line between between acceptance and complacency mm -hmm. um, and 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 that is something i'm still actively exploring but i do think uh, just from personal experience that my my life has improved uh since i've began since i've begun practicing acceptance in a few different areas, at least of my life, which is, which largely has to do with, with my mental health and my mental state and, uh, becoming less reactive, uh, and less judgmental. It's always fascinating the way that these conversations with you develop because one ends up always ends up and that's also something that i always end up with while listening to your records one always ends up with a lot of things to process but something that we should not forget to talk about is the music that is backing all of these highly philosophical and not really too prosaic ideas <laughs> um, what i noticed and it might be because of bad earphones you know like bad headphones um but it sounds as if it's much more direct especially the drumming um is that just my notion that it that the sound is also more direct but it's closer to us mm. that's something that i've continually evolved in miss more um Cairn was my first attempt at making a record that was more direct, as you say, uh, sounding, which is like loud, punchy drums that have no reverb on them. Yeah. Uh, the vocals also 
loud. There's there's effects here and there, but for the most part, it just sounds like a voice clearly right in front of you screaming at you. Um, I find this to be really intense yeah. and I like that there isn't as much to hide behind. There isn't a bunch of extra space uh, imparted by reverb creating a sort of amorphous wall of sound um, that you can mask things with. I like how bracing and gripping it is to have you know little effects or effects only in intentional specific spots but for the most part the artist is just in a room in your face playing something and uh that's again what i uh strove for on this record i think the only difference is just like the compositions are more straightforward and the sonics like I'm still working with the same mixing and mastering engineers, um, but our processes have evolved in the last four years. And part of that, uh, at least on the mixing side, I know Sunny has incorporated a lot more analog gear and really like pushed sounds really far on this record to get, you know, the sort of, highs and high mid range of this fizzly crunchy effervescent you know ripping kind of sound to the distortion of the guitars and the spit of the vocal i think that has come alive more Definitely. and i think that is a really intense sound that also makes it sound more direct and i love that just a question is it just as i said my my bad hearing you know being close to 45 now or is there really a certain drop-off in volume of the drums after like the first let's say 30 40 seconds oh i have no idea i've never no, noticed that hearing, you know? yeah um but I, I really like this directness um and I didn't want to say spit in your face, but you know, as you've already mentioned, but it's it's really as if I'm standing right in front of you, you know, whereas maybe like a yard between us and 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 you're screaming into the microphone, and I actually feel um when you're while you are exhaling and and throwing the words at me. That is definitely something that is much more direct on this mm. record. Um, it's also shorter in a way. Um, I mean, like one track is only eight minutes. What happened? That is nearly pop radio formatting. Yeah, it's the shortest Mismore song ever. Yes, and it's still eight minutes and a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, but as you said, that was an intention, right? To to chop off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I typically make like hour long full lengths and I just feel kind of tired of that right now. It's just so long and it's really, you know, I, I appreciate the experience of like, you got to do the deep dive. You can't listen to it in passing. You sit down, you listen to the whole thing. It takes you on a journey. All that has been intentional, uh, but man, it's just so... I don't know, self-indulgent in this way. And mm -hmm. I wanted to get in and get out, say what I had to say and keep it fresh and punchy and interesting. And, um, you know, I've also since since Karen, I've become a producer for other bands. And so it's got my brain working in different ways of like asking myself, has this been going on for too long? Is this interesting? Is this fun? Is this engaging? Um, does this accomplish the goal that I want it to accomplish? So I'm kind of uh, producing, more actively producing my own records now. Mm -hmm. And okay. I don't know, I feel like 30 minutes is a little too short. You want more. And an hour yeah. is just a little bit too long. You start checking your watch and like maybe 45 minutes is like the perfect length of time. So that's that's where my head was at. So then we, we two have to hurry right now, right? Um, <laughs> and I also actually, I also, I'm not cutting anything from my sheet. 
I actually only have one more question before we come to the quickfire round. Uh, you have already, and that is something that is very pragmatic and prosaic in a way, uh, you have already announced a lot of tour dates for the U.S. When can we see you in Europe? Hopefully next year. You, you know who will be standing front row, left side, you know, like not that center, but. Um, I'm, you, I'm sure, right? Yeah, it's, you can bet on it. <laughs> you can bet on it, my friend. Awesome. So, uh, ALN, first of all, thanks for for the insights, for the mental, uh, how should I say, for the food that you delivered to the brain once again. A lot of things to process and think about. And just like last time, we come to the infamous quickfire round. And I actually revisited our first interview so that I don't ask anything again. <laughs> because that would be kind of embarrassing. Um, and I also want to start off with something philosophical, just like I did last time. But this time, I give you two alternative philosophers. Being a stupid, stubborn German, I just simply give you two German philosophers, Nietzsche versus Schopenhauer. Well, I'm not super familiar with Schopenhauer. I know a little bit of Nietzsche, so I, I guess I'd probably have to pick Nietzsche. I know that's a disappointing answer, but... No, it's not. No, no, no not at all. Not as educated no. as I ought to be to answer that question. No, actually, it was short, and you said, like, only 45 minutes, so we got to hurry. Um <laughs> I'm very sure I know the answer to the next one, but I still ask it. Roadburn or Psycho Las Vegas, which is more to your personal musical taste? Oh, to my personal musical taste. Um, I mean, I think I think Roadburn, Psycho Las Vegas is awesome, but there's so many artists. It's very diverse and eclectic, mm -hmm. which is one of the cool things about it. Um but Roadburn's a little more uh, niche and uh, happens to be more just kind of the stuff that I already listened to. Um, I looked a little bit at, you know, the purple, the people that you've worked with. And I saw that a lot of them do quite a lot of, quite a lot of um, collaborations. And so um, I wanted to ask you, which vow collaboration do you like more, the one with H-I-R-S or the one with Great Falls? Uh, I haven't listened to either of those. I would say the Thou record with Emma Ruth Rundle is probably the best one. The one, the first one with the body is pretty good, too. Yeah. That's the problem with, with, with vow, right? They just simply put out too much. Especially <laughs> like, like that stuff, living. right? Okay, but then let's ask otherwise. If you had to to choose one vow record that you would put on right now, which one would it be? Magus or Rea Silvia? Uh Magus. Mm -hmm. Um another collaboration from one person who lives close to you. Uh Chornobok versus Abyssal, who did a collaboration which is awesome and I love it. But I would like to know which one do you like more, Chernobog or Abyssal? I would have to pick Abyssal there. My homies from Tijuana. I love them as people. I love their music quite a bit. And another collaboration, and you've already mentioned that without knowing, two people or two bands that like to collaborate with others. Um, the Body versus Uniform. Hmm, that's tough. I think I'd have to give it to the body there, my Port Portland homeboys. Um, we have spoken about two Seattle bands in the last one. So if anybody wants to know the answer to that one, you have to listen to that one that we did uh, for Wits End. I'll give you two of the other two of the big four grunge bands, Soundgarden versus Pearl Jam. Oh, easy. Soundgarden. What do you enjoy more, recording your own stuff or other people's stuff? Um, hmm. They're both really cool and hard in different ways. I probably enjoy 
producing other bands the most. It's really fun. It feels like uh like if like if I'm if I if a band brings me on as producer and they're uh open about inviting me in to uh give my opinion on the composition and arrangement and not just like the tone of everything. I think that is the most fun because uh, it feels like solving a puzzle of like what a song wants to be or what an album wants to be. And I really, uh, really engages my brain in a, in a way that I enjoy immensely. By the way, I forgot to ask that, but the last time we talked, you were just finishing up your nice studio there and you were about to have first people record in there. How busy are you nowadays with producing, re with recording and producing other people? Oh, not super busy. I do like maybe two projects a year because mm -hmm. I, I balance that against all the work I have to do for Mismore and also go on tour with Hell and other artistic projects. So I, I usually do, yeah, like two engineering or producing gigs a year and I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. You've just mentioned the touring aspect of music, and I know that we've already spoken about that before. When you did not have as much touring experience as you have by now, and also more experience with Mismore as a touring act, is it still the way that you enjoy writing more than touring? Um, I think they're both just necessary and different parts of of the process. I think they're kind of apples and oranges as, mm -hmm. as the saying goes. Yeah. Um, I think I probably do enjoy writing and recording a little bit more than touring because touring is so physically and mentally challenging, mm -hmm. uh, with playing shows almost every day for, for a month and living in a van and a hotel and, and whatnot. It's just very hard. Uh, but it's also insanely fun and rewarding because that's when you get to go connect with people that like your music, be in the same room with them and, and have the live experience and also just spend, you know, weeks with your best friends being goofballs. So, you know, they both have their ups and downs. That listening or no, do you think that there is always a certain point by which you should have gotten into something, into a band or a, a movie or whatever, or otherwise you're never going to get into it again? No, not necessarily. And so, you know, maybe I'll become a Neurosis fan. It's very possible. But like like uh, we were talking about grunge, uh, grunge bands, I didn't start liking... I liked Nirvana since I was a kid, but I didn't start liking Soundgarden and Alice in Chains until... I became a metalhead. Mm -hmm. I thought that their music was very cheesy when I was growing up. I made me think, I, I just hear people singing in grunge voice and I think of Scott Stapp and Creed and I just wrote it all off. And, but then I, once I got really into metal, realized that at least those two bands, Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, are pretty fucking metal. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people got into metal through grunge, but I had to get to metal first and then go back to grunge and go, okay, this is actually pretty heavy and cool. I get it now. Yeah. So would you say that that is also like most, that, that metal is still the stuff that you listen to most, or is it now becoming much more diversified? I listen to metal. It's probably, I don't know. Most of the time I listen to like calm, ambient music. I'm like really into the new Seeger Rose record right now. I, listen I haven't to listened a lot to that of, one yet. I still have to do that. You like listen it? to a lot. Of, I do. Yeah. Listen to a lot of Brian Eno and Enya and like calm stuff. And that's probably like half the time. And then the other half is like metal or metal adjacent. Interesting how, and that is something that I also think because both you and I, we weren't there when Eno got big, but I think that is something that is also a good example for the answer that I had before. I think it's impressive how many people got into Brian Eno after his heydays. Um, mm. And that speaks a lot 
to the to the quality of his music, doesn't it? Yeah. I hope that it will not take a lot of people as much time to get into your music as into Eno's music, because I think, you know, it would be cool to to once in a while see an artist who deserves it, get what he deserves in a positive way. Uh, I think you're on a good track, you know, a lot of attention, a lot of great songs on this record, which is an unusual record for, for Mies Moore. And I can only tell people to... I mean, like when this comes out, the record has been out roughly four or five weeks. If you have not listened to Prosaic yet, finish the next 30 seconds and then go on to your streaming service of your choice and listen to the record. It will tell you a lot about human life, its value and how we should appreciate it and live it. If you liked what we did right here, if you like this interview, then drop us a comment maybe here on YouTube, wherever you listen to it, or drop us a line on our socials. We're always thankful for any kind of feedback. If you like what we do a little bit more than just dropping us a line or two, then you can visit our website, check out how to get onto our Patreon, where you can get the interviews two days earlier than everybody else. And um, so what is the last thing for me to say is, ALN, it's been a little bit more than 45 minutes. I'm sorry, oh, but I'm very, very happy that we had the time. And um, I'm very thankful for Prosaic. So these, this is your chance for any final last words. I just wanted to say thanks for having me on. Thanks for the talk. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys the record. I hope they do. Have a great day, my friend. Thank you. You too.